Amen. Amen. We're coming tonight to this text that we read together there. Here we have a wonderful picture of the gospel of the Lord Jesus. The preaching of the Lord. Jesus is full of easy to understand parables of the saying of the grace of God. In the previous chapter, the Pharisees were offended at the healing of the man blind from birth. They rejected that Jesus was the promised Messiah. And even when the Lord Jesus told them this parable, they could not understand his teaching regarding himself. And in this parable, we are taught that Jesus came to the sheepfold of the house of Israel as the promised Messiah, and the religious leaders rejected him as their shepherd. The wonderful fact was that uh, those of the house of Israel who were the called of God heard the voice of the shepherd and followed him out of Israel into the fold of God and became known as Christians, followers of the Lord Jesus. What wonderful hope for sinners condemned unclean to be reconciled to God through the good shepherd of the sheep. And we want first of all to look at the proclamation that was proclaimed. I am the door. What a statement. The door into eternal life. The door into heaven. None other than the Son of God could ever make such a claim. Imagine the people listening to Jesus at that time and hearing him declare his sonship, that he was the Son of God. John 14 and the verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And Ephesians 2 and 18, for through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. And in Revelation 3 and 17, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, these things says he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. Thank God that no church has the power to exclude anyone from heaven or to give anyone an entrance into heaven. And you know, there are many churches all over this land, north and south of the border. And today, there are those in the pulpit who would preach the fact, if you have been baptized, if you have been confirmed, and if you live a reasonably decent life when you die, you will end up in heaven. And that is a lie of the devil, because no baptism can ever save anyone. No dedication or coming to the Lord's table can ever save anyone. There is only one door into heaven. And Jesus said, I am the door. And you know, when you do tell people that that is uh, the way to heaven, they look at you because they do not believe and they do not want to believe that they need to come to the Lord Jesus Christ uh, to be saved and to be born again and to be uh, brought into God's family. 
because they have been brought up to believe that if they live a good life, then they will be all right. And some of them, of course, believe that they never sinned. A man in Armagh, telling earlier today, a man in Armagh came to the door to me one day and uh, we're talking about salvation. And he says, you know, I don't need salvation. He says, I never sinned. He says, I never murdered anybody and I never married. And you know, that is something that people believe, that they never sinned. They do not realize that we break God's law and thought, word and deed. And all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And I thank God that no church has the power to exclude anyone from heaven or to give anyone an entrance into heaven. Imagine if a church had this power. If you had money, if you had education, if you had status in society, you would be in. But if you were not liked and did not do as they said or were not well connected, you would be excluded. And bribery would be the order of the day. I remember a woman coming in to me when I had a shop in Oma, maybe uh, a long uh, number of years ago, and she came in in tears. She said, you know, there was a, a, a meeting in the church, it was a Presbyterian church she went to, and she said there was a meeting to elect elders and committee. She says, and my husband wasn't elected. And she says, you would know why. Because he only worked in the post office. He hadn't, uh, wasn't a solicitor or he wasn't a doctor or he hadn't got a pile of money. And it was an awful tears. And uh, that was, of course, fact. And that's all right joining a church or getting into an office in a church. But to get into God's heaven, thank God there is no door through the church or through good works. By grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And you know, that's what we need today, to be broadcast right across this land of ours, that it's not of works, it's not of who we are, but it's through the door, the Lord Jesus Christ was saying, I am the door. There is salvation from sin and hell, and that Jesus is the door. Not one of many doors, but the door. Jesus established his sonship, the Son of God, in the first chapter in John's Gospel. And uh, we have it over there where he established in that first chapter. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then in verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And there we have, right at the beginning of the Gospel, Jesus stepping outside uh, the prophecy and the pictures of prophecy into the world. In the beginning was the Word, in the beginning was Jesus, and the, Jesus was with God, and the, Jesus was God. And Jesus was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. What a tremendous day it is to realize whenever we do that Jesus is the only door into heaven. 
But then there's the provision that is provided. Because he says, I am the door by me. By me. Jesus leaves us in no doubt as to his position and God's plan of salvation. He is the door of salvation because of his position as the one who became a sacrifice for sins of the sheep. And John 10 and 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Three ways Jesus became the door into the family of God. His unique birth. Born sinless. Because of the sinless birth, he could die for sinners such as you and I. And Luke 1 and 35, the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Jesus was truly man, yet truly God, the God-man. And you know, we need to thank God, those of us that are saved, every day that the Lord Jesus Christ left heaven's glory, came down into this sin-cursed world, and was born sinless on our behalf. Because not another person that has ever existed was born sinless but our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, not only was he had a unique birth, but he had a unique life. He lived a sinless life on behalf of sinners. He fulfilled the law of God perfectly on the behalf of sinners, something no sinner could ever do. You see, when we are born into this sin-cursed world, we're born dead spiritually dead we're enemies of God and Romans 5 and 10 for if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son much more being reconciled we shall be saved by his life and you know the thing today that we need to get abroad as we have said earlier that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God because there are many many people in this land of ours that have been privileged to have the gospel preached and have the texts up on walls all over the country down through the years and they still do not believe that they are a sinner. But the Bible says all have sinned and there's not one sitting in this service tonight and not one listening to this internet or on the internet Anywhere in the world that was born, that wasn't born sinless. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the only one that was sinless was the Lord Jesus Christ. And he lived a sinless life. And yet he was tempted by the devil. And he stood against the devil. And he talked against the devil and he used scripture against the devil. And he lived a perfect life. Something you and I could never do. And he did it on our behalf. So that by his unique birth 
And by his unique life, he was preparing salvation for you and for me. And not only his unique birth and his unique life, but we have his unique death. He died the death of the cross for the sheep, took on himself the sins of his people, and suffered in their place to purchase a full and free salvation for them. And you know, that is something that we as God's children that are saved by God's grace should always thank God for. That God chose us an eternity past unto salvation. Before this world ever came into existence. Read the first chapter of Ephesians. And then he sent the Lord Jesus into this world to die on the cross of Calvary to be punished in our stead. Oh, what a terrible time he had on the cross of Calvary. Ephesians 5, verse 5, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto the death of the cross. And you know, that is something he did willingly. In John 10 and 18, No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. And you know, that is tremendous. That the Lord Jesus Christ, God's Son, came into this world and allowed himself to go to the cross of Calvary and there to be punished for our sins. Now we're told that the cross is the worst death that anyone can ever have. But you know, even the death of the cross was not all. During the hours of darkness, God poured out his judgment and his wrath upon his own son on behalf of you and I. And we need to realize that. Why did he do it? In Romans 5 and 8, but God commendeth his love toward us. And you know, that is something that is unbelievable. That the eternal God of heaven loved sinners such as you and I. Enemies of his. Rebels against his word. And yet he loved us. Commendeth his love toward us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What a blessed Savior we have. And the Lord Jesus, one who did everything needful to reconcile sinners to God and to provide a home in heaven for them. What a day that was. And he rose again from the dead the third day, as we read this morning. And he ascended up into heaven. And he's seated at the right hand of the God the Father, making intercession on our behalf. 
And one day he's coming again to this world. And that is getting nearer by the day. It used to be, in my younger day, it took years for things to change. And now they're changing overnight. And the signs of his coming are being fulfilled before our very eyes. And I don't believe it will be very long till we see the rise of the Antichrist. And then we have the return of the Lord Jesus and the thousand-year reign of Christ on earth, the setting up of the great white throne, and the judgment of God on those whose names is not in the Lamb's book of life. Oh, what a tremendous salvation he has provided for us. And something that we can come and enjoy. Because the third thing is the privilege proposed. If any man enter in, he shall be saved. A divine invitation to enter in and to be saved. What an invitation from the King of Kings. And the scope of the invitation, if any man. And John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Enter in. Repent and be converted. You see, many are sorry for their sin, but they're not willing to turn from sin and follow the Lord Jesus. And Luke 13 and 3, I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. And you know, that's something that the world out there today does not want to do. They want to live life according to how they want to live it. They want to go where they want to go. They want to do what they want to do. And they want to live life as they feel they should. And when you face them with the fact that they need to repent and turn from their sins and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, if a person is saved, their life has changed. And they will follow the Lord Jesus Christ day by day. They will do their best to keep the commandments of God. And if they are saved when they sin, the Holy Spirit will convict them of their sin. And their conscience will bother them. And they will come and confess their sin and have it forgiven. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And you know, that is something that is beyond compare. And in Matthew 18 and 3, And Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. And you know how many in Korean tonight is not saved. They haven't repented of their sin. And if they died tonight, they would go straight to the lake of fire. And I wonder, is there someone in the service tonight 
that's not saved. Someone may be listening online and you're not saved. And if the call came tonight for you to leave this scene of time and die, you would go straight into the lake of fire. Why? Because you haven't repented of your sin. You haven't come to the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved and be washed in his precious blood. If any man, the divine invitation, shall be saved, not might be saved, but shall be saved. In Acts 2 and 21, and it shall come to pass that whatsoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you know, that is something beyond compare. Salvation, being saved. Are you saved tonight? Have you the assurance in your heart? You say, how do you know that you're saved? When you ask the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your life, he says, him that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. If he doesn't cast you out, what does he do? He takes you in. And you depend not on feelings. Of course, feelings do come. And we do feel that we're saved, don't we? We do know. But our assurance of salvation is in the words of the Lord Jesus and the words of this Bible that we have before us tonight. Him that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. If any man call upon the name of the Lord, he shall be saved. And you know, that is something beyond compare. And if you're saved tonight, then we need, as the saved of the Lord, to thank God every day for our salvation. And we need to be praying and seeking the Lord. And when you're driving along the road, you can pray, provided you don't close your eyes. Uh, some people uh, might even think they could do that, but you can't do that. But when you're driving along the road, you can lift up your heart to the Lord and thank him for saving you. Choosing you in eternity past unto salvation. Convicting you of your sin. Bringing you to the foot of the old rugged cross. And you've been saved. Thank God for it. Many today do not like the word saved. And are living in hope of entering heaven through what they believe is the way. Yet it makes it clear that Jesus is the only way. 1 John 5 and 12. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Are you saved? Can you look back to a time when you repented and asked God to save you? And you know, that is something we need to realize. That we have that assurance in our heart. And then there's the pastures provided. And shall go in and out and find pasture. God's salvation begins with the entrance through the door, which is the Lord Jesus, and continues in Christ as we walk in fellowship with him day by day. Jesus does not only save us, but he keeps us secure. In John 10 and 27 and 28, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Are you following the Lord Jesus Christ tonight? I trust you are. Are you trying 
to live for him day by day as best you can? Are you keeping his commandments? Are you doing what you know that he wants you to do? I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. You know, that is something that when we're saved, not even the devil in hell can undo our salvation. No one can take away our salvation. Because the Lord Jesus said, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And John 10 and 10, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. And you know, sometimes people think, well, if I get saved, my life's going to be miserable. I can't go here, and I can't go there, and I can't do this, and I can't do that. But thank God, you'll not be miserable, because you have the Savior in your heart and in your life. And he is your friend, a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. A friend who knows exactly what your problems are, exactly what you're facing in life. And the one that before you come and ask him to help you knows exactly what you're going to come with because he is the all-knowing God of heaven. What pastures we have in this life I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly and if you're a Christian and you're not enjoying your Christian life it's time you were it's time that you uh, confessed your sins and asked them to restore you and restore your salvation and restore the joy of the Lord to you because that is what is promised what comfort and security to be in the family of the Lord. And not only that, but there is a day coming when we're going to leave, as we have said earlier, this life. And if you have the assurance and you have entered through that door, when that day comes, you're going to leave this scene of time. And John 6 and 37 says, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. But we have over in uh, the book of uh, or John chapter 14, that wonderful chapter of God's word. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go ye know, and the way you know. Isn't those tremendous words? For those of us who are saved by God's grace, He said to his disciples, let not your heart be troubled. Don't be worrying about the future. Don't be worrying about what's going to happen when you die. 
In my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. And he's preparing a place for every child of God. I will come again and receive you unto myself. And you know, it's going to come in death because we're all going to pass through the valley of death unless he comes before that. But thank God tonight, if we are saved by God's grace, whenever that day comes, and it does come quicker than some people realize it, whether it's an accident or whether it's some disease that takes us, we go out into eternity. But thank God, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you unto myself. And the day that we die, we go through the valley of the shadow of death with the Lord. And he takes us to be with him in heaven forevermore. And what a joy that is going to be to those of us that are saved. You know, we all have relations, friends that have died that were saved by God's grace. And we know that they're in heaven. But you know, that day is coming when we will leave this scene of time and we will go out into God's eternity and we will meet those loved ones that left us in death and have gone to heaven. What a day that is going to be. Fathers and mothers united. My father and mother, I was in the graveyard in Oma. I don't go very often. I'm not that type of person, but I was out one, happened to go out to it one day. And I was looking and I thought, well, you know, there's a day coming when I will be with them. But it could be if the Lord comes that that grave will open and they will be caught up and I will be caught up with them into heaven. And then I saw other graves in that uh, graveyard. Now that cemetery it is, Oma Cemetery. And uh, people that I knew well that had been saved by God's grace. And I knew that I would meet them again. And then there was a vast number of graves of people that I knew over the years that never made any profession of salvation. And uh, I will never meet them again. But you know, that is tremendous, that day that's coming. But above all and far beyond that, we're going to meet Christ. And what a day that's going to be. We know Christ by faith. We know Christ by what is told us in the scriptures. But on that day we're going to see him face to face. And thank him for what he has done for us when he was on this earth. Thank him for providing salvation for us. And for choosing us unto salvation. And you know what a day that is going to be. When we all see Jesus. Those of us that are saved by God's grace. Let's thank God tonight if you're saved. For what he has done for you. 
And if you're not saved tonight, then I ask you, will you come? The first step on the road to heaven is very simply that you realize that you're a sinner, that you're lost. The second step is that you realize that nothing you can do can save you. The third step is that you realize that Jesus did it all for you on the cross of Calvary. And the fourth step is that you come to the Savior and confess your sins. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm lost. Will you save me? Will you cleanse me in your precious blood? And the minute you pray that prayer, he will take you in. He'll cleanse you in his precious blood. He'll give you eternal life. And you will have the assurance of a home in heaven. If you're not saved tonight, I urge you to come and put your trust in the Lord. And then tell someone that you have done it. And that will give you assurance then. When you say, I have come and asked the Lord to save me. And I believe he has come in because he says, Him that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. Will you do it? We trust that the Holy Spirit will draw you and save you tonight. In Jesus' name. Let's bow on a word of prayer, please. Our Heavenly Father, we thank thee for thy word. We thank thee, Lord, that you loved us and you choose us unto salvation, those of us that are saved. We thank thee that you shed your precious blood for us. Lord, if there's someone listening tonight online, someone in the church that's not saved, we pray that the Holy Spirit will open their hearts and they will call upon thee and be gloriously and wonderfully saved. We ask thee now that you will part us with thy blessing, take us to our homes in safety, and bless us in the week that lies ahead. In Jesus' precious and lovely name, amen. Amen.